Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 176 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Colossians chapter 4 today, and our focus is on the greatest unsung hero of the Bible, plus wrestling in prayer. So I want to welcome new listeners in Colombo, Sri Lanka, Rizal, Philippines, Parts Unknown, South Korea, Parts Unknown, Russia, Nova Scotia, Canada, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Midland, Texas, Duluth, Minnesota, and Rockford, Illinois. Thank you all for listening. Every day we take one chapter of the Bible and break it down and discuss it and think about it and, most importantly, read through it. And we are in the New Testament today, reading Colossians chapter 4. Today we're talking about the person that all Bible scholars unanimously agree is the single greatest unsung hero in the Bible. Well, okay, you got me. That is a totally fabricated statistic. I've never actually polled all the Bible scholars on this subject or any other subject, but I will tell you that I believe Epaphras is the single greatest unsung hero in the Bible. In fact, he's so unsung that even though I'm a great admirer, I've already misspelled his name in the show notes twice today as I was writing them up, and also once I called him Epaphroditus by mistake, which is probably a different guy entirely that Paul mentions in Philippians, even though Epaphras is a shortened form of the name Epaphroditus. So who was our Epaphras, the Colossians Epaphras? Well, we don't know much about him. He's only mentioned three times in scripture, which is still three times more than any of us are mentioned, and those three times don't give us a ton of information. And for instance, in Colossians 1-7, we learn that it was actually Epaphras who first brought the gospel to the people of Colossae. Uh, Colossians 1-7 says, you learned this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He's a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. In Philemon, we learn that Epaphras was imprisoned along with Paul, likely for preaching the gospel. Uh, Philemon verse 23 says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. And in today's passage, we learn the most about Epaphras in Colossians chapter 4, 12 through 13 says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. He's always wrestling for you in his prayers so that you can stand mature and fully assured in everything God wills. For I testify about him that he works hard for you for those in Laodicea and for those in Herapolis. So we learn in that passage that Epaphras is apparently from Colossae, or at least the surrounding area, and he also has a ministry in the city of Laodicea and Herapolis. All three of those cities were in the kingdom of Phrygia, which was the home of King Midas and King Gordius of Gordianot fame, which at the time was part of Anatolia and is now part of Turkey. See how I snuck some geography in there right under your nose? Well, of much greater import than ancient geography is the actual ministry of Epaphras. Not only did he spread the gospel and plant churches, but, and this is really important, he wrestled in prayer for those he ministered to. Well, what kind of effect did that have? Was it some sort of nebulous effect that could only be measured in terms of uh, spiritual sight? Well, maybe, but... 
I would say it was a huge practical effect, as we can see in this passage, that God used the prayers of Epaphras to cause the people from these cities that he was ministering to to stand mature and in full assurance of God's will. Now, that's massive. How does spiritual maturity come to new believers? Well, apparently and surprisingly, prayer is a huge part of that intercessory prayer for them. Well, here's pastor and author Sam Storms on 10 reasons that Epaphras was so special and so fruitful. First, he was an evangelist. The Colossians heard the gospel from him. Try to envision the sort of courage and boldness required for a man to return to his hometown preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ for the very first time and nobody's ever heard of Jesus. The threat of ridicule and rejection apparently carried no weight with Epaphras. Such was his love for Jesus and his fellow Colossians. Second, he was a teacher. They not only heard the gospel from Epaphras, but they learned it from him. This suggests that he labored among them not simply by preaching, but by expounding the truths of God's work in Christ and building them up in their faith. Third, he was Paul's beloved fellow servant. Paul loved him, so too, no doubt, did the Colossians. He was joined in mission and ministry and heart affection with the apostle. He was more than a servant. He was a fellow servant. Fourth, He was a, quote, faithful minister of Christ. He was trustworthy. His word was his life. His devotion to Christ was unqualified, unconditional, and constant. Fifth, he was devoted to the Colossians and their spiritual welfare and growth. For Paul says his ministry was on their behalf. Some Greek manuscripts have on our behalf, which would suggest that Epaphras was Paul's representative to the church there. But if the former is correct, which I think is most likely, Paul's point is that Epaphras labored with the Colossians in mind, expending himself for their sakes, not his own. Sixth, he was more than a minister. He was a bond slave of Christ Jesus, according to Colossians 4.12, whereas being a slave in the first century was, in most cases, grounds for reproach. Epaphras considered it an honor and blessing, for he was owned by Christ Jesus. He was a purchased possession bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Seventh, he was a committed intercessor on their behalf. Intercession means to stand in the gap for somebody, to stand in the place for somebody, to pray for somebody else. Epaphras always, and that's in quotes, always prayed for them. I can envision Paul listening every day as Epaphras brought the Colossians by name, no doubt, to God's throne of grace. His commitment to intercede on their behalf deeply impressed the Apostle Paul. What love he had for his people. Eighth, his prayers for them were characterized by a determination to fight through all resistance and a refusal to give up when it became demanding, painful, and inconvenient. Paul says he was always struggling on their behalf in prayer. No perfunctory casual requests there. He worked hard at prayer. He wrestled in prayer. He persevered through temptations to quit, and he was tolerant of no distractions. Ninth, he didn't pray for frivolous things or worldly fame or material prosperity. His focus in the prayers of Epaphras were for the spiritual maturity of the Colossians and discernment and satisfaction in Jesus. Paul describes it this way, He was always praying that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Finally, 10th, he has worked hard for the Colossians, counting no cost too high to pay so that his fellow Christians might flourish spiritually. 
He didn't use his imprisonment as an excuse for self-pity or to justify turning his attention to his own welfare or concerns. He seized that time of imprisonment when he was in prison, when he was in a desperate place. Epaphras seized that time as a great opportunity to constantly intercede for and pray for the new believers at Colossae. So that's a big deal. Well, let's read our passage. Colossians chapter 4, verse 1 in the English Standard Bible. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each question. Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. They will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers so that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Herapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea and say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry you've received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. Well, let's close out with our wonderful Bible memory verse for the month of June, which is found in Daniel chapter 6, verse 23. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the lion's den. When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God. And no matter what you're going through right now, friends, may you and I also trust in God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Good day to you and Godspeed.